Greetings in Jesus' name to everyone here this morning. Isn't it wonderful we can meet here for council meeting morning? <clears throat> Coming with a, a good relationship with Jesus. You know, I had to think about, you know, we this time we think about there in 1 Corinthians 11 where it talks about you need to examine yourself so that you do... Uh, partake worthily and not unworthily and that, that's a that can be scary for some people but it don't need to be I praise God that we can live in such a way on a regular basis that maybe we aren't doing a thorough examination but we're walking circumspectly which is carefully before God on a regular basis and you'd be ready for council meeting every Sunday I really think that's the way good believers do it they, they, you know, they live in such a way they could have council meeting at any given time. And they're saying, you know, so I, I'm raised uh, to review my peace with God and my peace with fellow men and fellow Christians. And I do desire communion. I want to uphold the standards of the conference. And they can say yes every Sunday. That, that, make, that, that makes for good Christian living. That's a real blessing we can live in that way. What to live any other way is not pleased by God, blessed by God. And so it's a real blessing we can uh, live that way. You know, I read one time about a person that received a Christmas card, and uh, it, it said some interesting things. And you've probably heard of it, but I'll read it again. It says, if our greatest need was for information, he would have gave us an educator. I think it said he would have gave us the Internet. But anyhow, if our greatest need was uh, for technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would send us an econ economist. But since our greatest need was forgiveness, God sent us a savior. Can you say thank God? Thank God. Because that's true. Every one of us that come to the age of accountability, our biggest need was to be redeemed from our carnal nature. <laughs> Praise God, we can be that way. So, you know, and so he sent a Savior. And uh, once we re understand our own nature and how it was bent towards selfishness, it was bent toward evil, it was bent toward doing our own thing, and, and to realize that, that Jesus was willing to come to die for your sins and mine, I tell you, that, that's hard to fathom. But it's really good. And then you know what? More than we can get forgiveness of sins, get our sins beneath the blood of Jesus, more, just don't just stop there. We have peace with God. That's the first question. You know, look at Do I have peace with God? I'm telling you, that's the most important question you can answer. Do you really have peace with God? And praise God, we can do that with a clear a clear mind and conscience say we do have peace with God if our sins are beneath the blood. No wonder it says in um, Psalms 8, no, excuse me, 86, 5, where it says, For thou, Lord, art good, and our God is good. He's always been good, but didn't stop there. And ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy to all them that call upon thee. I thank God it doesn't take a Greek scholar to understand it, or Hebrew scholar either. He is good, he is merciful, and he's ready to forgive. So he stands there with arms open and says, Look, you know, my child, I've made you. I created you. And I, I created you for my glory. 
And you know what? I am so anxious for you to have my, uh, to, to have my presence by the form of the Holy Spirit in your life. I am so anxious to give you that new creation in Christ Jesus, those new appetites. All you have to do, I, I want to forgive you. And so I sent Jesus to die for your sins. He's quick, ready to forgive. Actually, Isaiah 55, 7 says that he will abundantly pardon. I can't already fathom that. Here's a holy God. All holy. I mean, you know, it actually bothers him to behold sin, Scripture says. He deplores sin so much that he just hates to even look upon it. But he sees, he, he sees mankind. But he saw that, that, that waywardness and sin in our lives and mankind that he sent Jesus and he said, you know what? I will save to the uttermost. I will abundantly pardon those people by the blood of Jesus. What a tremendous blessing that is. Well, each one of us here this morning that accept Jesus realize and recognize what we were without Jesus. What, we, what happened when we accepted Jesus, a small part. I'm, I don't really know that man can truly fathom what all happened in the spiritual realm. But thank God they knew their sins are beneath the blood of Jesus. And that's what counts. And so what happens with our sins? I, I'm just and so impressed with how good God is and how He wants to forgive. Isaiah 38, 17b says... But thou hast called, thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Okay. We know God's all seeing, but that's amazing that my sins are behind his back. That's just amazing. And he don't have any rear view mirrors. And we do. See, we, 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 we like to know what's going on behind us. And it can get us in a lot of trouble. But Jesus doesn't do that for our sins. Now let's look up Psalms 103 verses 8 to 14. Psalms 103 talks about when Jesus forgives where our sins go, how He handles them. Psalm 103, I read out of the New King James. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will He keep His anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Thank God. Amen. Right? Because, you know, if, if we as mankind got what we deserved, there wouldn't be a solitary one here this morning. In other words, if God in His justice say, I, I'm going to get justice, you're a sinful. You know, I've died for you, and you, you went your own way. And if you got when you sinned, you got what you deserved, we would get death. We'd receive death. But God is plenteous in mercy. He said, you know, but He also warned us here something in here. He said, I'm not going to always strive with mankind. Because he said, you know, he called you. And some of us, he called a lot. And some of us, he's still calling through the form of his Holy Spirit. Thank God. <laughs> his Holy Spirit is still good and, uh, and it still works. And he's calling us. We said, you know what? We need to respond to that call. Because if you don't, he said, he's not going to always keep just... He, he's a God with plenty of love and plenty of mercy. But he said, I'm just not going to keep doing that forever. Once a person rejects Jesus many times over... I tell you, there is that possibility. And I've been around some people that are that way that the Holy Spirit quit talking to them. And that can happen. 
I've been around some people that the Holy Spirit seems like a very faint, far off voice. And that's kind of scary too. I've been around some people that the Holy Spirit speaks very loud and clear to. And I praise God when that happens. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? You know, haven't you known one time, you know, you did something you know you shouldn't do. You said something. And I tell you, within five minutes, you feel so bad. Man, I should have never done that, you know. That's wonderful. That's happened to me not too long ago. And I thought, man, I, I got, I, I'm sorry, Lord. And I went and apologized to him. You know what? That's wonderful. Walking daily with the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he's a comforter. He strengthens us. You know, and he helps us do what we should do. And guess what? He helps us know when we didn't do what we should do. That's so beautiful. He wants, he, in other words, he wants to work with us. He wants to deal with us. And that's a good sign. And I thank God he doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us mercy. He gives us kindness. And then he goes on, verse 11. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those that fear him. For as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins, our transgressions from us. As the Father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. He knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. And I hear that quoted a lot. Yeah, praise God, he knows we're dust. Aren't you glad he knows you? He knows you're dust. And dust evidently has a lot of problems. Because we do sometimes. You know, evidently dust has a lot of problems. Well, you, women, you like dust in your house? No, I mean, my wife, they, they call it dusting the furniture. I mean, we used to do that. I don't know what they call it now. You know what? Sometimes God wants to dust our furniture, doesn't He? He knows our frame that we're dust. Yeah. That's why He's so merciful to you and us. That's why He really is. But He said, you need to know some things. His mercy to those that fear Him. He's merciful to everybody, but you know what? We get a double dose when we reverence Him. You know that? I like that thought. I'm going to follow Him. I reverence Him. Because when I read, when His children, once we know how wonderful God is, how loving He is, and we just, we just want to give our whole life to Him. And we care about sin in our life. We would never want to live with sin in our life. Because we know what? That's going to ruin my peace with God. Okay? It ruins our peace with God. That's the number one problem with sin. It ruins. It breaks fellowship with God. And I, and, and I treasure that fellowship with God. I treasure that beyond anything. I mean, that's my highest passion. Is to please Jesus. Amen? That's our highest passion. Is that right? What a privilege. What a privilege. Yeah. And so he says, you know, those that reverence him, they live that way. You know what? He has extra do dose of pity and mercy on those, says in verse 11, those that reverence him. But he's going to tell us another thing that's very important. So as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. You know, I get I, I buy vehicles, and you, you buy a good set of tires, and you have, what, 50,000 mile warranty. And you always like, you know, and they guarantee, uh, and you know, and you know what, if you only last 30000 they give you a, a few po little pocket change back for your next ones, you know? And they have all kinds of guarantees. This thing, this is a good thing. I want to tell you, friends, that's uh, beautiful there, that verse 12 is a lifetime guarantee. It's a lifetime guarantee. 
When, when he puts, when you ask for forgiveness of sins and you do it from a heart of, of humility, he puts your sins far away from him. The east is from the west and it's a lifetime guarantee. Okay? You like that? Wouldn't you like some lifetime guarantees? There's only a few, but they're in this book right here. Okay? And they're beautiful. And you know that because if you, uh, how, how wonderful that is, because if you go north around this earth, after a while, if you keep going around, you're going to soon be going south. So he didn't say I was going to put them at the North Pole because you know what? You could get there and you could find them. And you know what? The devil does want you to find them. And many a person, when the devil's working in their life, goes and digs them back up. And that's the work of the devil. Amen. It's the work of the devil. But he says, look, you get forgiveness of sins from me. I'm putting them as far as the east is from the west. And I'm telling you, and you know this, but you need to remember, when you head west out of here, and you go, you keep going west, you keep going west till the day you die, and you're still going west. And that's just exactly how you'll find God does with sin. They're just away. They're going, and they're going forever. A lifetime guarantee. They're going forever. He don't dig them up. So don't let the devil dig them up for them. Okay, because many a person is 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 down has a tremendous down drag on their spiritual walk because they remember what they did 20 years ago, and it is embarrassing sometimes what we've done. You know, I think sometimes we live with a lot of regrets, but I praise God that we can move on with Jesus and true forgiveness and repentance of sin. Thank God for that. They're as far as they're completely removed as far as the east is from the west. Micah 7, 19 says, And he will turn again, and he will have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities, and he will cast all of our sins into the depth of the sea. Okay? I understand there's some pretty dark spots down there that man, I'm not sure if man's ever even got to them yet. That's all, all they can do. And if they can land on Mars, it seems like they could get to the bottom of the sea, but I'm not sure if they can. You know, it's, it's amazing. That's where the sins are at. Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy, thy transgressions from mine own, for my own sake, I will not and will not remember thy sins. I cannot, man cannot fathom the infinite ability of the mind of God. We just can't fathom because we're, we're so small-minded. And yet, with all of his infinite wisdom and power and knowledge, when he forgives your sins, he says, I will not remember them. Praise God. Praise God. That is so wonderful. It says it again also in Jeremiah 31, 34b. Also, it says it in the New Testament. Hebrews 10, 16 and 17 says, and this is the covenant which I have made with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And that's what the, Jesus does for us as Christians. He puts his standard of love for his word in our hearts, and we have the mind of Christ. We have the transformed mind to follow him, and I'll write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. I praise God for that. You can, you can have the most worst deplorable past and have them beneath the blood of Jesus and you can have the best brightest future in the world that's amazing I'm telling you we don't deserve it but God's mercy is good and he says I'm going to put them behind you 
And, and I'm not going to remember them whatsoever. Yeah. Wow, to think it's completely out of mind, completely forgotten, going no place. No place in the Bible do we find, I'm telling you, I forgive most of the sins, but if you do this big one, you're in trouble. Other than the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, I will admit to that. There is blasphemy. And I think that actually has a lot to do with what we already mentioned. If you say no, 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 I think you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And it's a very dangerous thing to do. But I praise God, we as Christians, we, we don't want to live there. We say, look, when He speaks to us, and He deals with our, and He, he lays on our hearts our sin and our wrongs, we say, yes, you're right. And we want to get cleared up before God and before mankind. What a blessing that we can be those that live that way and that know that our God is so loving and kind to us. Well, how's this done? It's fairly simple, but it's very difficult to totally understand. It says in Ephesians 1, verse 7, it says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. So I praise God through the blood of Jesus Christ that uh, He, we can be forgiven of our sins. Now, that's interesting to note because if that be the case, actually, if you just go from there, you can say they could just, if you, they would have just drawn out a little vial of His blood, that would have worked for your sins. But it wasn't just that. Hebrews 9, verse 22 says, another thought, and almost all things by the, uh, by the law purge, purged with blood, and without the shedding of, of, sin, of shedding of blood, there is no remission. Now, if you have cancer, you like when it's in remission, don't you? You know, that means you're... Leveling off. which is not getting progressively worse. Remission in the Greek means without the shedding of blood, there is no remission means no deliverance or forgiveness. So through the shedding of blood, that means Jesus had to shed his blood, which he did. And he did it willingly, voluntarily. He shed his blood because of the shedding of blood. Jesus had to die on the cross to be our redeemer. He had to die on the cross to save us from our sins. And that, I praise God, through that shedding of blood, there is deliverance and there is forgiveness of sins. What a tremendous blessing. Without forgiveness through Jesus, mankind is lost. Always lost. And I just praise God, we can be forgiven. And we can, we can know our sins are beneath the blood. And so, how does that happen? Proverbs 28, 13 says very clearly, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. And that means spiritually. Many a person that is a sinner prospers financially. Okay? That's not, we're talking about spiritual growth, health. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh him shall have mercy, shall be forgiven. Confess it. Confessing sin, what a tremendous blessing we have to know that all we have to do is confess sin. Then the question is to me, hopefully not to you, but I'll ask you, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? You know why? The devil doesn't want you to do it, that's why. The devil wants to claim us. 
He wants us to live in sin. And we can, we can use all the excuses the devil gives us, which he gives us a plenty, to not obey him and not do his will. And, and guess what? He's just pleased as everything because we've changed our allegiance from Jesus and God over to following Him. Confessing. Confessing. Actually, confession is one of the most important things you've ever done is confess your sin. We'll look at that possibly. You know, we think, oh, I don't want to confess that. Well, in other words, if we don't say we want to confess it. Am I implying that I'm willing to live in sin? God forbid, the scripture would say. God forbid. But it's so humiliating. Why is it so humiliating? I don't know. It's just a trick of the devil. You know why? Every last one of us had to ask for forgiveness of sin. Amen? Every last one of us. You did if you're a Christian, and I did. And you know what? I'll tell you another thing. Every last one of us had to ask for forgiveness of plenty of time since we've been born again. Yeah. That's the pathway to heaven. Okay? That's how we maintain our peace with God is asking forgiveness. And so God would ask us on a regular basis, are you clear with me? And he said, I want to walk with you. And I, and I, and I want to talk with you. I want to strengthen you. I want you to be strong in me and have victory over Satan and and over the temptations, and I want you to radiate my holiness and my presence in my life. And you know what you do then? By loving Him with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Right? And may I add, it's equally shown how much you hate sin. If we don't hate and abhor sin enough that we are willing to humble ourselves, you know what? We're going to be off on a rabbit trail, and it'll be the devil's trail. It's going to happen. It will happen. I must confess that it's humiliating to confess sin. But it's the only way we maintain our peace with God. It's the only way we maintain our relationship with God. It says it's so beautiful. And I'll read a few verses that are somewhat familiar. I hope they're very familiar, actually. 1 John 1, verse 7 to 9. 1 John 1, verse 7 to 9 says, If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no, no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Plain English, so radically, man, that's, that just says it straight. And that's the way we are, really. If we say we never had sin, He's saying, look, you need to be relevant to the truth where we have transgressed the will of God. He says, okay, there's a remedy to this. There's a remedy to this problem. You want to walk in the light of fellowship with me? Verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, that is wonderful. All we need to do is confess our sins. If you're here this morning and you, and you know the... You have sins to your account. He says, look, all you need to do is confess it. Honestly, know before God. And guess what? You get peace. You can have forgiveness of sins. You can have peace with God. It's a treasure. You know, there is millions of people that love their peace with God and they don't know what to do or they're too proud to do it. One or the other. I'm not sure what it is, but something keeps them from it. And he said, look, the walk to heaven, the pathway to heaven is loaded with people with humility. Humility. 
You've got to have humility before God to make it to heaven. And that's why, and that actually humility is in, in a large degree saying, God, you're right, and I'm a sinner. I need your help. We're just a sinner saved by grace, correct? That's right. It's a wonderful privilege we have. Yes. And so I praise God. He says, if, he says, if, if we confess our sins, and I thought it should say, since we are saints, we want to confess our sins. Well, we can understand that because we want to be clear with God. We treasure being clear with God and having peace with God. What a tremendous blessing. And so then those that walk with God have a peace and a joy that passes all understanding. There's a song that goes, there is a song in my heart today, something I never had. Jesus has taken my sins away. Oh, say, but I'm glad. Can you say that with your mask on? <laughs> That's one thing that kind of bothers me. Whether you're a masker or not a masker, the bottom line is if we're walking with God the way we should, we've got to have peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? We need to get back to that, okay? I'm not saying you don't have it, but I tell you, God is pleased when, when, irregardless how we feel like man is encroaching on me, when I say, God, I'm going to please you, I'm going to obey, I'm going to submit, and I have your joy in my heart, and I tell you, I want it to flood to others. That speaks volumes today. You know that? So get it. Get it. It's there for our taking. It might take a lot of submission on your part. It does for me. It's not naturally for man to be submissive, right? Man, maybe not for you, but for just for me. And yet we can have that. And when we're cheerfully submissive to God's will, guess what? You'll have joy. You'll have peace and joy that just floods out. Your eyes will smile. And some of yours are doing it good right now. God bless you for it. He's pleased when that happens. A few more verses that speaks to me about forgiveness. I'd like to read a few verses from Luke 23. Jesus in all things is our master example, always was and always will be. Luke 23, 32-34, just a few verses here. Jesus on the cross. <clears throat> the King of all the earth on the cross. And there were also two others, criminals, led with Him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified Him, Jesus, and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they divided His garment and cast lots. None of us can truly fathom what Jesus went through. You may be crucified, but you never gave your sin, your blood, your life for all the earth, sins of the earth. You also, we can identify this, of living a perfect, blameless, holy life with no sin. And yet, at the end of your life, after a perfect, blameless life, being spit on and slapped and ridiculed and mocked beyond description. We couldn't take that hardly as ourselves and maybe we would deserve it. You know what I mean? And Jesus didn't deserve none of that. And then they, they, they just said, look, crucify him. We don't like him. You know, he upsets our system. 
They said they did it for envy, right? Yeah. Jealousy creates a lot of problems. And then to fathom that he hung on that cross for your sins and mine, that he was willing to be the perfect example of forgiving others. He looked down there and with those pack of rebels that had in his heart just make him bleed in his heart. But it bled of love. It bled of mercy. And he said, Father, forgive them. That was his heart. Did that get them right with God? No. You have to ask for your own forgiveness, okay? You, you can ask forgiveness for doing something you got to do for your own. I can forgive you, but if you don't ask for forgiveness of God, you're not forgiven, okay? It's personal. But he had that heart. And I think he said, look, you know what? We need that heart today. We, we, we need to have that heart of forgiveness where, you know, there's some people say some things and do certain things and we say, what's going on? I don't understand you. They're, they're, they're ridiculing me or they're making the church look bad or, you know, and there's all kinds of thoughts. And here Jesus says, I want to show you how to do this. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If you can't just talk to them like you should. You know? And sometimes you think, oh, I'm, I talked to a man not long ago. He said, yeah, I need to talk to somebody. And I said, well, you should do that. Well, I'm afraid how he's going to re react. Well, that's the devil's trick. Because they might, they might surprise you how they react. They might be just glad as everything for you to come. You know what I mean? And we, sometimes the devil does that kind of thing. Makes us wonder, I don't know how they're going to react. And he said, look, Father, forgive Look. If everything just fails, everything else just goes, I forgive them completely. I forgive them completely. You know the story of Matthew 18, right? I won't read it, but it's still good to review it. Let's see. That man couldn't pay his debt, what he owed. He owed him about a dollar, right? And he come, he said, you know, have mercy on me. He said, I'll forgive you your debt. No big deal. No big. No big deal. No, he owed him a ton of money. I'm getting this backwards. I'm sorry. If I remember correctly, I read one time not too long ago, and I'm sure it'd be up from now, it was like over a million dollars. Now, am I getting closer to right? <laughs> I got this thing backwards. It was over a million. If I remember correctly, I think they said an equivalent to uh, figuring out someone's like about a million and a quarter. And that didn't pocket change for most of us. It was something you couldn't pay if you died five times or lived five lives probably. You know what I mean? It, just, it was over and above. And he said, I'll, I'll pass it up. You know, it's, it's no big deal. So, and then that guy was forgiven him over a million. He goes out and gets his brother and says that owed him one dollar. Now I'm getting it right. He said, forgive me. He said the very same words he said to the other man. He said the very same words. He said, no, you got to go pay it. Go put you in jail. How can you pay for something in jail? Well, if you live in this government, you probably could. You probably get your next handout. But they didn't have that. You know, he said, and he was very ruthless. And, and that man was very disturbed and rightfully so. And you know he said? That's you. That's you. You were forgiven a debt you could never, ever pay. You could bleed on the cross of Calvary and you'd never be saved.
You never would be. Jesus did it for you. And so he, he forgave a tremendous debt because we can't fathom how much God hates sin and how deplorable it is to it. And we were all sinners. That's the spiritual truth. We were all sinners. But I praise God we can be sinners saved by grace, by the blood of Jesus. Thank God. I mean, it, it just, we want to have peace with God. What a treasure. Then he says, look, you know, maybe you never struggle with this. But he said, you know, sometimes there's people that cross your path. Maybe they even fellow Christians. Hmm. And you struggle with a, hmm, this is called mildly a little bad attitude, okay? Just a little bad attitude. Hopefully you don't. But if you do, you wasn't the first one that struggled with it, okay? I beat you to it. And you say, oh, hmm. Hmm. You know, I really think they ought to come and apologize to me. What did Jesus do? And what does he expect of us? You know what he does? He expects us to forgive. After they ask for repentance, after they come. No, 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 no. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. So in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this. In his Lord's Prayer that we quote sometimes, and maybe without thinking as much as we should, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Oh, really? So when somebody crosses your path and you hold them to the line, <laughs> man, if you don't kind of tell you, yeah, what if God actually did that with you? We wouldn't be getting the mercy of God, I'll tell you that, we wouldn't be. In fact, if we got what we deserved, we would, we would get Eter uh, judgment, eternal damnation. You know, he extended mercy. Father, forgive them. Well, he just forgave them. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says, And if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you, uh, you also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Yeah, you analyze that a little bit. And he said, you know what? So if I have a little grudge, or I have a little bad attitude, I'm in deep trouble with God. Can I put that in modern day English? In fact, he's saying, if I don't forgive my another person across my path, your sins, that's a sin. He's saying, he said, I'm not going to forgive you either. Because you know why? You have outstanding sin on your account. That's why. That's why. I mean, and so you have to think about that in my life. How could God say that? Look, I, 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 God, I love you. There's just a few rascals you or un, unkind people you bought in my life, and they're a problem. I'm not. Have you ever thought that? I have. The problem is, if I don't forgive them and love them, I am a problem, okay? You have your peace with your fellow men and fellow Christians, okay? We're speaking to the issues that you'll answer, okay? Time we be heads up, relationships with mankind are very important to God because you can't have marred relationships this way and have a clear one to God. It'll never work! He's saying, he said, look, you, we need, we have time to get real. Now, I know communication is, is abundant, and so miscommunication and misunderstanding is abundant, okay? 
It happens both ways. But he said, look, you need to always realize that the way you live with mankind, how you forgive and work along with them, is highly indicative of how you're getting along with me. God says it very clearly. Because bad attitudes, not forgiven and not restored the way they should, always lead to worse things. Always lead to worse things. It talks about it there in Hebrews 12, verses 14 and 15. Follow peace with all men and holiness. You can't have holiness without having peace with all men. Man, that's a, that's a shipload. That is a boatload for today. I'm having peace with all men. Absolutely. By God's grace, absolutely. Okay? We got we to gotta commit to the highway. We'll never get there. Praise God we can do that. Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Oh. So these relationships are important. Yeah. How about those people that just that didn't treat you right? Man, I tell you. Back to, yeah, that's a good reason to leave. I'm, 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 I'm changing friends. I'm, I'm changing churches. Okay. Well, we won't fill in the blanks. Uh, then it goes on to the next verse. Looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God. What that grace is? Forgiveness. They're confessing. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Bad attitudes not taken care of always lead to bitterness. You can't change the course. Bad attitudes not worked through and forgiven and finding peace always lead to bitterness. I've seen people that couldn't get along with their parents. And their parents may have been a problem. They may have been as bad a parent as I am. Was. I don't know. Maybe even worse. I don't know. It don't make any difference. And they, they carried that into their marriage and it ruined their relationships with other people. It ruined relationships with church. You know why? Bitterness makes you distort the truth. You can never see things the way God sees them with bad attitudes and bitterness in your life. You never can. It won't work. It doesn't work. See, until you have peace with God and you let that flood your life and get rid of these bad relationships, you know what? You'll throw anybody underneath the bus if you get a chance. Because that's the way the devil does it. He distorts everything. I praise God when you have transparency with Him. It should be reflective on our relationship to others. And then we have transparency with other people. We're open to them. We want to be open to them. We thank God for them. And, uh, and so we're not willing to do that. Thank God for forgiveness. Seven steps to forgiveness. I, I'm, I'm just cutting it to the quick here, okay? I've got plenty more to say. In fact, I'd love to say a ton more. If the Lord tears, I'll get my chance. This is so critical, but so wonderful. It's such a blessing. Remember, look to Jesus. Father, forgive them. Seven steps to forgiveness. Choose to forgive, okay? Upright, upright, you know in this life, choose to forgive. You will never if we're going to grow spiritually and be what we should be, your life will be full of forgiveness. Asking God, confessing to Him, asking for forgiveness, and forgiving other people. Your life will be just full of forgiveness. This will be one of the permeating attitudes of your heart. Forgive, forgive. God, forgive me through the blood of Jesus and I forgive others. If you do that, you know what? 
It's amazing how wonderful your life can be. These people get along with anybody. I mean, they get along with anybody. See, I believe that's the way the brotherhood should be. That's why, you know, some people come, we come from different walks, and, and you know, sometimes I see people exploiting it. Well, they don't do this. They don't. Everybody has a gift, and you know what? If you want to appreciate them, you know what? You see people as a blessing. When you forgive them for their oddities, and then their oddities could be the gift that you don't have. You know what I mean? Sometimes jealousy works that way, you know? You wish you had all the gifts. You don't have all the gifts. You Guess what? You're forced to have a couple. And guess what? Your brother has probably, and your sister has some, but you don't have. Thank God! That's what makes us a complete body, right? Well, some of those that choose to forgive. Confess your sin to God when he speaks to it. If you're, if you're going to have forgiveness and live in peace with God, you've got to confess your sin to God. Also, ask forgiveness for those you have wronged. In other words, confess to God. That's the starting point, but it's not the last point. If you've, offended, if you've wronged people, you need to ask them for forgiveness. Also, ask God to bless that person who has hurt you. Ask God to bless them. When's the last time we've done that? Well, that's challenging. Uh, also, do something nice to that person that hurt you. In other words, intentionally say, I'm going to bless them. Another one, accept that person. And this is tough. This, somebody else wrote this, okay? I didn't write this. Accept that person the way he is, even if he is all wrong. Uh, yeah. That's a tough one. Accept him the way he is because they're probably trying to do what's right. In other words, that's how you want, you're seeing him for the good that they are. Look at that person through the eyes of faith and love, asking God to change him. I would say to change me. <laughs> that's what they said. Seven steps to forgiveness. I thank God that he's forgiven us and we can get peace with him. I thank God we received forgiveness un under the condition that we ask for forgiveness. Our forgiveness is conditional that we ask. Okay, some people say, well, I'm forgiven. Well, yes, it's provisionally there. Thank God. And I thank God that we can learn from the Bible that a person doesn't have to ask our forgiveness to receive it. And that we don't even have to ask them to change. Because Jesus let it be known it is 70 times 7. Has somebody ever offended you one, seven times in one day? That is hard to swallow. It hasn't been seven times one day for me, I don't think, but it's been more than once. And that is very, very irritating. Uh, but you know, God says, look, just forgive them and love them, because you know what? Guess what? You've probably sinned numerous times in one day before, too. And when you ask for forgiveness, God was plenteous and generous and ready to forgive. Seven times 70 for me. 70 times 70 for you. And so we just pass it on. We just pass it on. What a tremendous blessing. We have a wonderful God. But living in right relationship with man is terribly and very, very important to God. This is Matthew, Sermon on the Mount again. Matthew 5, 23 and 24 says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest thy brother has aught against thee. I really do wish it says that if I had aught against them.
because that would alleviate a lot of problems. Because I can just forgive and move on. But it says, if thy brother has ought against thee, leave there thy gift and go thy way and first be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. In other words, you might as well just forget worshiping God. It is meaningless if we, if I can sit here and have trouble and bad attitudes toward my brother, you might as well just stay home on your knees till you can find forgiveness and the grace to go talk to them and mend that relationship. You might as well just forget pretending like you're worshiping. Okay? That's what he's saying. But he said, look, you get reconciled to them. You go there and you work through that situation. Then you come back and you can worship me with a clear conscience. You know why? You have peace with me, God's saying. Praise God, he makes it clear. In the day and age, I'll tell you, when there's a lot known and a lot misunderstood, that's a challenging thought. That's a challenging thought. And yet it's a good one because he says, I tell you, that getting along with your brother, that's a tremendous blessing. In fact, it's just a fruit of a life that's following God and in peace with God. You know what he says in Ephesians 4, verse 32? And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God... For Christ's sake, have forgiven you. You've received it. Praise God, you can pass it on. Let's bow our heads for prayer.